my next trick would have been to, to drop it and then pick it back up and oh, then plug it back in. As you drop check it. All right. Yeah, we're good to go. Hey, we're we're on. All right. Uh, a mere two weeks in to starting a whole ass podcast, uh, my friend and co-host Malachi has rain checked me for some fucking reason. So I've upgraded uh, and replaced him with our first ever guest. Damn. The undefeated, uh, the near undefeated, ba- balance beam goat, two time, two division, two season champion, uh, and resident, I don't know, Navy SEAL gay sex expert, James. <laughs> I'm not a Navy SEAL, but I am a gay sex expert. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Ram Ranch enthusiast. Yeah. If you will. Avid uh, Grant McDonald enthusiast. <laughs> He's a. Uh, yeah, the creator of Ram Ranch, if the listeners or you weren't aware. How many? Do you know how many Ram Ranches there are? Uh, at least 800 from the last <laughs> I saw. You know, I, I haven't actually seen the, the max or all of them, but I have seen one one number to eight something. That's ridiculous. So, you know, to be fair, they get repetitive, you know. Yeah, I so. listened to the first 37 before I dipped completely. Right, and that's all you need to get the full grasp of a Ram Ranch track. So You can't really beat the first one. No, the first one, and I, I like the ones about Gavin Newsom uh, from the governor <laughs> of California. Those ones are pretty funny. Yeah, instant classics. And they kind of drop some, some weird stuff about, like, California corruption in there. They'll talk about, like, you know, his donators and people who donated to his, uh, his campaign and stuff like that and about um, – you know, essentially some some racketeering. Some people in California have been brought down for things like that. So maybe the uh, maybe the real Ram Ranch is the Federal Reserve. I or think something. the real Ram Ranch. <laughs> this is funny. My Marine, my buddy from the Marine Corps showed me uh, showed me the Ram Ranch stuff, and um, well, fuck, uh, just a <laughs> a dead brain moment right there. But he and I were thinking, just joking around one day. Um, this is when the whole Epstein stuff was going down mm-hmm. that Graham McDonald was actually trying to like alert people of it before the whole Epstein thing. Oh, no. And Ram Ranch is Epstein's Island. Oh, okay. Now apparently there's an actual spot somewhere in Texas called Ram Ranch. But I, I think, uh, you know, cause look at, look at, and he was dropping shit about Prince Harry and look, he was on all Epstein's flight logs and stuff like that. So that could be, I know this isn't a, a, a conspiracy theory podcast, but oh, it is every, now. everybody thought the, uh, you know, the, you know, the top tier, the elite pedophile ring was, a, you know, that was all a myth until the last couple of years. So not really a conspiracy theory anymore. No, no. Was that, were there people who didn't believe that? And now are on on board with that now? I don't know. It was definitely a thing that was like, and this is, this is not an endorsement of old Alex Jones. He said some true things, but he said some ridiculously wild things as well. Oh, all the time. Um, but, you know, and it wasn't just him who was saying it, but like talking about elite pedophile rings. And he was speaking actually with some accuracy to it because, you know, um, whistleblowers can often have a hard time gaining traction in mainstream media. Mm-hmm. So... You know, um, with all his negatives, um, you know, he's actually talked to some legit people who have discovered some pretty serious things. Um, but, yeah, so it was definitely a thing that was just like people were like you'd hear crazy people screaming about or who you thought was crazy screaming about it. Um, and everybody kind of just like brush it off. And then, you know, all of a sudden uh, all this shit came down and, you know, who the fuck knows what's happening with it because they don't talk about it until it's, uh, you know. Until 10 years have passed, so. Well, 
Of course. Well, why, why would they? Right. And Epstein's dead, and who knows what's going on with his right-hand lady, Ghislaine Maxwell. So they say. Right. So they say, you know, but she's... Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, the founder of Reddit, as right. everybody knows. She's still, uh, you know, allegedly alive or, I don't know, in oh, prison or something. I think she's floating around somewhere. Yeah, well, she's still in custody, so... Is she? Yeah. I hadn't heard anything At about least that. as far as I know, she's still in custody, but who the hell knows? In custody doesn't really mean anything when you're... As long as you're worth over a million dollars, in custody doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, going to the old uh, country club is, you know, what they call it. So. Oh, yeah. Going to Ram Ranch, if you will. <laughs> so we're drinking here. Um, McAllen, uh, I think this is the, the gold, which is just a blended scotch, single malt scotch whiskey. Pretty good. Very good. It's one of my favorite drinkable whiskeys, personally. You know, you can get some really expensive bottles that uh, are quite tasty, but this usually runs you between 50 and 70 bucks and, you know, relatively mid-tier uh, scotch there. So 50 and 70? Yeah. For one, wow. Okay. Yeah, you t- you know, you start it buying like quality, the, yeah. the uh, you know, people who are scotch aficionados would probably consider that mid-tier because yeah. you can buy, you know, thousands of dollars of bottles. Or a single bottle that costs thousands of dollars, and then you can mm. buy the old. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a cheap ass version of Scotch. What is it? Uh, is Dewart's? No, that's probably Irish whiskey. I can't remember, but you know, you get a fucking cheap bottle of it for like 15 bucks, and it's the worst Scotch you ever had. <laughs> so I consider this mid tier. That's mm. good drinkable whiskey. So, in all fairness, though, fishing out is everything. You can get you can get thousands, hundreds of thousand million dollars worth of literally anything and people who are snobs for that would be like oh mm, the pickles incredible and we, we don't have a anywhere. fact checker here but you know like a, a old jamie from the rogan podcast but i'm i'm pretty sure you go out and buy like an animal scat collection an animal poop collection oh yeah 100%. that you know that's worth thousands of dollars of like super rare creatures or something super <laughs> this is the last remains of dodo semen yeah <laughs> can't find this anywhere else on earth Except right here on Ram Ranch. So you said you've been at the the podcast for two weeks, roughly. Yeah, it, was, it was an impromptu decision on Halloween. Yeah. We uh, I, so I Malachi is my is my my buddy from high school. Right. And um, we were twenty, and he hadn't held a job in ever. Uh, so when I was working at the airport, I got him a position there, and then like. He's like, oh yeah, let's do the pod. I brought up, I brought up the idea of a podcast one time, and then like three or four times he goes, oh yeah, I can't wait, dude, let's do it. Um, so anytime we'd say something funny, he's like, oh dude, we need to be recording this, and six like three pay periods go by. That's like six whole weeks. And I'm like, hey dude, you buy your microphone yet? I got everything ready. I just need you to get a microphone. He's like, oh no, dude, I have, I gotta wait. I gotta tell my mom to hook up the Amazon Prime so I can. Get- and what does somebody do for? Uh, you go to college. For a bit, or what does somebody do from when they graduate high school to 20 without ever getting a job? Just uh, shit around their parents' house, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he, he basically just keeps his parents' house clean and does all the, the chores and, like, yard work while they're all gone and his family's at school and stuff. You got to earn your keep somehow, and, you know, you look back in the day, as people didn't leave home, you know, they would just stay and take care of their parents and take care of the farm or, oh, or you name it. I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad way to live. I mean, 
if you're happy staying home playing video games and you're not in terrible shape, like I really don't give a shit. Yeah. It sounds like the life, honestly. It does, you know, and it's, uh, if you can find fulfillment in something or happiness in something, then by all means, as long as it's not damaging to anybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you, what was the first podcast about? The first podcast was uh, about nothing, really. I, uh, the, whole, the whole idea of our podcast is that we just come on and talk about random things until we develop a bit that runs for half an hour that uh, until we're until we can't hold the mics up to our face without laughing <laughs> about absolutely nothing something something about gay sex or bullshit or somebody's a pedophile and they really I don't, I don't know we did it we had from the first and second episode sets we had uh, a bit about our friend Casso being a pedophile and like having a girlfriend who was like a kindergartner <laughs> and him being like a teaching assistant and <laughs> we just bring that up at the end of every single sentence and that ran us like a good 45 minutes for both episodes we've already hit both of those topics we've already hit pedophilia and um gay sex well i so. keep saying ram ranch to try and ring it out until eventually we make some bit about it right that we <laughs> well, Ram Ranch is its own bit, you know. You, Ram Ranch is its, it's own bit. You know, yeah. you don't you don't even need to work it. It's a uh, automatically funny. Oh, all the time. Um, I thought I just heard a doorbell or something I, like that, but I we don't have it. We don't have a doorbell, so oh. maybe it was, I don't know. Maybe it was Ryan's was. computer or something. We're okay up here. This is a completely defensible position in case Absolutely. of any type of home invasion. You know, we got big buckets of boiling oil up here. Mm-hmm. We've got uh big rocks. That we that we picked up to throw off of the edge of the balcony. We can flash freeze the dodo semen and just right. pew, exactly just blow dart it right at somebody's head. You got any favorite podcasts that you listen to? My favorite podcast. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but my my top number one, and it's Malachi's favorite podcast too, because I showed him a whole bunch of clips from it. Is Come Town. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I I think I brought it up to you a couple of weeks ago when we were here, but it's the it's it's three. Um, three like stand-up comedians and like former tv <laughs> writers but the all their all their bits boil down to like someone is gay or someone is like it, it, you just take race jokes or like <laughs> gay jokes to like you turn it up to 11 and then you don't stop for 15 20 minutes and they do an ad read and then they come back and they talk about a movie and then they turn the main actor into the movie of <laughs> whatever into someone who's gay like one of the best one of the one of my favorite bits from come town is um uh, is just the host saying gay actor michael douglas like he <laughs> finds that really funny is if you is if you talk about michael douglas and do an impersonation of him but you just preface it with saying like hi i'm gay actor michael douglas like any actor who's gay would just lead with that i'm gay actor kevin spacey hi it's like a prefix kind of like doctor or mr or, yeah, mi- yeah, or yeah. mrs or something gay. like that I think people should be forced to do that. <laughs> I think all people should have to do that. Is if you don't have a title like doctor, you're not married, you're not a Mr. or Mrs., you have to lead with something. Some, some or you have to tack on another one in front of the your professional one. Yeah, yeah. So like a uh, doctor be like, I'm gay doctor. Or, you know, president would be like, I'm old president Joseph Biden. Yeah, I think Barack Obama should have to be. I, I'm, I'm black president <laughs> Barack Obama. Hello, everybody. Hello, America. I'm terrorist president Barack Obama. <laughs> Whoa, that's a little far there. Hey, now. <laughs> oh, look, I'm, look I'm, I'm sure the CIA will be our first couple listeners. 
Oh, good to go. That's a joke. (laughs) I promise you that's a joke. This is a comedy. Well, if you're going to go that, it's going to be terrorist president Barack Hussein Obama because everybody would likes to bring up the the middle name there. Hussein, what is he? Some type of Muslim? Hey, Barack Barack Hussein Obama. Hussein what? (laughs) Hussein, Hussein what about my favorite black president? (laughs) My favorite black American president of all. Hi, I'm Orange President Donald James Trump. Hi. I am <laughs> me, President Donald J. He looks like a man. I am the best president, pre- best being the preface, best president, Donald J. Trump. All he right. looks like, he, he's the only president that looks like a me from, mm. from the Wii, aside from oh. Theodore Roosevelt. I think if you look at Biden's head, it's very ovular, like one of the me characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, so right. you can you can obviously uh, distort some of their features mm-hmm. in the, the me where you're making your person. But um, I feel like his is very ovular, and he, his mouth moves very linearly. Yeah. Where, like, people, you know, their lips kind of change shapes and stuff like that. His kind of looks more like a Muppet. He kind of has, like, the lion eyes. I think he, he shares it. features with Trump with his 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 mouth moves a lot, like a, like a Muppet's mouth, too, where it's just kind of like a straight line just goes open and uh, closed, uh, open uh, and closed. Uh, 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 exactly. Big big gay ice cream. <laughs> uh, who is that? Um who is who is the like millionaire? Bloomberg. Yeah, I love big gay ice cream. <laughs> I guess I don't know that reference there. Mike Bloomberg. So as in the mayor of New York City or no Bloomberg? No, that's, uh, that's De Blasio, right? Yeah, I'm trying. There was some other big wig in New York City. I think before him. I guess I don't know Bloomberg. I'm not very educated on Bloomberg New York politics. Poli- I don't think Bloomberg was a politician. I could be wrong about that. But I don't think he's a politician going. In. He ran in 2020. His whole premise was that, like, oh, Donald Trump won, and he wasn't a politician. I'm also a millionaire. Oh, maybe that's what I'm getting confused with. But he uh, he just tried to appeal to, like, literally the entire Democrat net of, um, like, supporters or, like, that entire voter base. So he would just go around to, like, locally owned businesses. But they they couldn't be owned by, like, normal people. They had to be owned by, like, black trans people or, like, big gay ice cream. I'm black trans uh, salon runner, um, James Smith. Uh, or, uh, I'm I'm black trans president, <laughs> Barack Michelle Hussein Obama. I'm a white straight trash man, uh, Bobby Thorpe, <laughs> and uh, I'm come here to take uh, old uh, Mayor De Blasio's trash out of his front yard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You hear about all that before he uh, lost the election. Um, apparently some type of COVID mandate he had in place, put a bunch of waste removal people out of, out of work. So a lot of people in New York city, um, started showing up to his fenced in mansion and throwing, uh, now you'd have to fact check this. I don't know all the exact details, but they started throwing trash over his fence into his yard. It'll be funnier if we don't fact check it because then you can run a bit on that. That is completely incorrect. Yeah, I fact check everything myself first Uh before I say it in my brain, and if it sounds good, I say it. So That's the right way to do it because, as everybody knows, we've never been wrong in our entire lives. (laughs) Right. I I can't remember the last time I've been wrong. Sorry. That's really funny. I mean – that's fair, I guess. The, is New York City still on lockdown? Like you can't get in without a without a, a vaccine card or whatever. I don't know. I I don't know if that's actually a thing. I think there's, 
that's kind of I think that mandate was along the same lines as I know the the Biden um, you know <laughs> I almost said regime the Biden cabinet you know the 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 Biden presidency um, they were they were hinting at like possibly a um, if you had employees over, you know, if you had over a hundred employees and you'd have to get everybody vaccinated before they could come to work or something like that. Oh, yeah. So I think, uh, that's still on hold. I know that's still on. Hold. Right. That's got a federal court case right now, I believe. Um, but I think the Blasio had something close to that in effect, which put, you know, uh, I think a lot of fire department guys out of work, law, um, law enforcement departments down there and, um, EMS, you know, waste disposal, you know, it. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, you know, all the like doctors and nurses who got laid off because they wouldn't take a shot either. Uh, a, uh, a medical pandemic, uh, a virus, yeah. a, a plague so extreme that you can afford to lay off half of your medical workers. <laughs> Bold move to Blasio. Let's see how that plays out for you. And same with, uh, I think I know Cuomo had some similar uh, mandates with all of New York state with the, uh, you know, all hospital personnel. Now, granted, um, you know, you probably, you know, you might, maybe you should take it if you're working on a hospital around people that coming in there and they're already sick or something like that and you don't yeah, want to infect enough. them, you know, but uh, at the same time, it's kind of a, uh, somebody's, you know, in my opinion, somebody's personal health choice. Anyway, oh, I just don't think it's up to the government to, to mandate that maybe the specific hotel or hotel hospital, <laughs> um, you know, owner um, sh can make that a, um, you know, a mandate, but mm. it should not be up to uh, the government to do that, in my opinion. No, no. So that's just my opinion. I've been wrong before. Actually, I've never been wrong, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah um, no, we've never been wrong. But yeah, that's just a bold move to uh, kick out fully qualified medical personnel, doctors and nurses, and you name it, mm. during a, a pandemic that uh, has got the world shook. To kick so. out all of your gay black doctors. Right. That's, now, that's racist. That's, that's racist that's racist. homophobic. That, that's a racist mandate. It makes mm. all the gay black doctors leave. Absolutely. All the gay black doctors who, of course, can't take it because they all have AIDS. Right. Yeah. You said it, not me. I, I did say that, yeah. Um, wouldn't it, I mean, yeah, it is, it is a fair criticism to say like, well, wouldn't it be good for your immune system? Like if you have a strong immune system to work in an environment where you're exposed to all those different kinds of germs, cause as long as you're, as long as your healthy body is not being overcome by all these, you know, wicked viruses or whatever you're coming into contact with, then you should theoretically be a super, you know, stable person in terms of like your body's ability to fight off disease and such. Right. I think the idea being more of protecting the patients that come in there from, from the hospital staff. Cause mm -hmm. you know, every day, you know, before the pandemic too, all hospital staff were at risk of being exposed to something nasty because that's their job is to take in people who are sick. Yeah. So, you know, they, that's, that's, you know, a risk that people who work in hospitals take, you know, and, and you know, it's a brave thing to do that often mm -hmm. gets overlooked, you know, but I think it's mainly, you know, that, uh, somebody who's not, uh, who doesn't have the immune system or isn't as healthy healthy as them or is immunocompromised, you name it, you know, gets uh, protected from, um, you know, hospital staff workers or other people infecting them, mm -hmm. you know. So, again. What does that term, do you know what that term means, immunocompromised? I think that just means that there is be somebody who doesn't have a, or has some type of prior disease, that means their immune system is weak. 
Okay. So, I don't know of any of those diseases that aren't AIDS. Yeah. Which is why I always bring up the gay sex thing. Fair enough. You know, because uh, apparently that that's uh, what people thought back in the day, was that well, it's a gay disease. Well, I, I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not even trying to be mean, but if you just, like, look up the statistics of people who report that they have AIDS, like 70% of them are gay. Right, and you look at the amount of people that have, have malaria, and it's mostly black people. That's because that's yeah. a big thing in, in sub-Saharan Africa. Mm. You know, so the, the talk that uh, correlation does not always equal causation is, uh, is a fair assessment there. To, to a certain degree. I mean, you can make those assessments and have them be rational without it being like a, uh, uh, some kind of uh, play at like race or, or, or sexuality or whatever. Because I could stick a fork in an outlet and be like, cause it, correlation and causation are not the same, just because other people get shocked. And like, this this metal fork doesn't ha- is not you know ferromagnetic or whatever, so I won't get shocked. But you, you can you can say that without being mean. But also, why are you afraid of being mean? Like, if you're gonna point out a problem in a community, isn't it for the sake of helping that community solve that problem? But why would you be worried about it sounding? Why would you be worried about the optics of it? I guess I know nothing about uh, AIDS in the gay community. I know that was just something that they had said early on. Like it was. I know like there's a conspiracy theory that it was a ploy of the government to take out uh, gay people, was to kill gay people. I don't. I, I, it's not like I don't. I won't say I don't subscribe to that, but that's like not far out. Anybody who knows what MK Ultra is will probably look at something like that and be like, "Oh, that's that's not out, that's not far out of reach." Right. I think this. I think this would just be on a, a bigger, a larger scale than than MK Ultra. Yeah, probably. So, for people who don't know about MK Ultra, maybe you should elaborate a little bit. Uh, MK Ultra, to my knowledge, was I don't know the time frame of it. I would guess like 60s or 70s, but. 80s maybe 90s at the latest i really don't know the time frame but like right when the cia was at its uh at its most mischievous if you will they supplied or not supplied but uh ran what uh some kind of some kind of drugs into communities i think it was lsd probably lsd uh just to see what the effects would be on on an enclosed group of people Really just to fuck with people, like, how much LSD can I give a 14-year-old before he becomes absolutely retarded? Well, that's what they're talking about, you know, I mean, there's the conspiracy theory, that's how kind of Charles Manson went off the rails, um, was with that, so yeah, it was LSD, I'm trying to find a year, I'm on good old reliable Wikipedia here, uh, I think it began in the 50s, it says. Fifth? Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I think CIA was a, a brainchild of World War II, um, and took its, you know, some some plays out of the SOS or uh, what's it called? Uh, what the SS? No, uh, the British intelligence. Oh, um, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, they they uh, that was kind of a copy off a not a copy, but they uh, realized that having a central intelligence agency or something like that would be pretty useful mm-hmm. for national security and you name it. Quote unquote national security. Right. It's not unfair to call it a brainchild of World War Two, but I think the the specifics that they pulled that from would probably be Nazi Germany, considering they they brought all the their scientists or whatever, who who fled west, 
afterwards. I wouldn't. I, if you if it came out that like, oh yeah, the CIA and all their antics are results of just expanding upon German experiments from the 40s after all the uh, Nazi scientists came here or were recruited, I guess. Mm. The well, they government. they went all over the world as well uh, to multiple other countries, but uh, I don't I don't think the the two things are mutually exclusive. I think. No that the, the CIA was started for a good reason for national security, and their job wasn't to conduct or is still not to conduct, you know, um, crazy experiments is to, you know, protect, um, you know, our countries, you know, to protect our country in general. But, you know, you've got bad actors everywhere. Yeah. You've got bad actors in our own government, clearly, um, and in our, in our country and every, you know, walk of life. Um, so for, for people to... You know, it's, it's if somebody was charismatic or had a lot of influence and they were really a bad person, then they can, you know, um, make something like MK Ultra happen. I would call myself pretty cautious when it comes to regarding like centralized uh, influence on people as like a, uh, always a conspiracy or whatever. I don't buy into it. No, probably not a whole lot of them, if a number at all, but. You know, you always have you have, you have to you have to take some precaution about knowing things. Cause I don't like to believe that people can't just be born like crazy or experience things that that push them over the line and have that happen naturally. Because it clearly can. Right. If you look throughout history, there's so many so many folk tales about people we know existed who just fucking went off the deep end after one bad thing happens to them. Yeah. But I mean. <laughs> the government fucking sucks and i i will never put it past the government to willingly fuck with its own people in america at least yeah which i guess uh has a lot of people spooked about the whole covid vaccine thing and the mandates and you know i'm uh i was kind of spooked about it about covid in general just because right yeah everybody brings up like the survivability number or whatever yeah but I, america is as a diverse country like is always what makes those things like scary to look at because you can't just put a broad number over it. Y you you look at like a a country like I don't know Norway I guess. Well, prior to them shipping in millions of African <laughs> immigrants, um, well, when you have like a homogenous society, you can look at things that affect uh, people's uh, immune systems or genetics or or brains and say, well, this comes from a certain gene pool. So you can limit whatever the outreach of it is or say like this has a has a broadly specific application to this group of people. But that doesn't really work for America because everywhere is intermingled with everywhere else. Right. Um, which I uh, I don't have an opinion on that. I this I'm going on record and saying I don't have an opinion on that, <laughs> which may be retroactively changed, but it doesn't matter because I've never been wrong. Which is interesting, to, to say the least, um, if you're talking about um, what they've shown with gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab in China and that, mm. that uh, uh, of man-made influence on, on that sort of thing. You know, hey, and, and, uh, and China's um, conflict with India, and India has taken the COVID, um, you know, the Horrible. coronavirus has Horrible. killed, you know, uh, an, uns an insane amount of people. Um, in I won't say I won't say related, but I mean India right. as a mass is not a very sanitary country. So. Right? No, I mean that's I think mean, it's a, and you know that's based off of its uh, you know 
crumbling uh, economics and you name it and, and healthcare and just the the mass of people there and trying to feed and and keep clean the amount of people there. Oh, of course. You know it's a it's a terrible um, feat to have to you know to deal with, um, but it's just uh, it's hitting them insanely hard. So if you if you're thinking you know if we're going conspiracy theories here, then you know if they're doing gain of function research on this and it's you know they're intentionally weaponizing it then it is having a and they intentionally you know made it hit so india so hard then uh it's doing its job right now Mm -hmm. so absolutely what worried me kind of like december of 2019 what the thing that was worrying me about this i i didn't think it would uh i didn't think the the world would um when I say the world, I guess I just mean like any centralized power would respond in a way to uh, close everything down so severely immediately. But I, in like December of 2019, I was seeing videos coming out of like China, just like whistleblowers of, of Chinese hospital workers of just watching people collapse in the street or seeing what their ICU is doing. And I mean, China's government is not in any way any better than America's government. I wouldn't put it past and them to test I, that shit. On I would their say own they're citizens. way worse than America's government. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't like choosing the lesser of two evils. I would look at that and say there is two evils here. I would not like to participate in either. But well, I, if, if that's the, the stance you take, then you can't then any every government is evil then to a degree. Yeah. So then you'd have to choose between the lesser of any evil to live in any country. Yeah. Fair so enough, to pick the lesser of evils, you know, yeah. um, China is 100% far worse than the U.S. And, you know, we don't enslave people, and China does. Um, and we don't back countries like North Korea, and China does. That's um, trying to back North Korea. One hundred percent. It's the only reason why North Korea is even still really a, a functioning, if you would call it that, country. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, every single one of their imports come from China. You know, and the only people they that North Korea exports to is China. It's the only their only cash cow. Okay. And it, it might not be the only one, but it's like one of three countries that North Korea exports to, and okay. they arm their militaries, they train their militaries. Absolutely everything, and that in and of itself is a is a horrendous crime to back a country like North Korea. Fair enough. And and the U.S. hasn't done that in a in hundreds of in a hundred years. We'll call it mm. hasn't backed a, a terrible country like that. Yeah, I mean when you centralize media and shit, and you have a billion people who look exactly the same, who would notice when ten people go missing or have the same horrendous effect from a from a, a relatively unknown disease at the time. Yeah. And that's with China too. It's it's not just like ten tens of people. It's it's hundreds. It's thousands. It's you know they uh, what they do to their people is is not okay. And I think uh, I'd like to see some change in that personally. And I don't I know mean, how that'll per, get done. Two yeah, percent of a billion and a half is still like what five million? I, I couldn't tell you. Fifty million people. Maybe? I barely passed high school. I I joined the military out of high school for a reason, Cameron. <laughs> I, uh, they, they didn't make me do numbers at boot camp very much. Why you don't know math? You, you don't know math. I had to, I had to just do push-ups until they told us to stop, you know. Fuck you, bitch. (laughs) You don't pass my class. You need to pass my class to know the military. Oh, this is not. Yeah. I can't do Cameron can do the, the Asian accent because he's, uh, he's black. I, I, I can do it too because I've got black shoes on. Yeah, of course. See, not not many people know that about how 
how how uh, racial diversity actually works. It's not what the color of your skin is. It's the color of what's on your skin. Right. Black shoe wearer uh, James Gallup or black shoe wearer currently unemployed uh, James Gallup. <laughs> um, but yeah. Say the word, James. I'll edit it out. Say the word. Never. <laughs> nice friend. Only while rapping in a car by myself. Ninja poop. Ninja. 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 Fortnite. Ninja. ninja. That's been, that's been my favorite N word for the longest time. Is, is ninja. ninja. Yeah. yeah, I was obsessed with ninjas as a kid. Where I would purposely ask my mom to buy me black clothing, and I would sneak around in the dark and try to scare people. Oh yeah, that's a that's a classic. I see. I have an evolutionary advantage from that. I didn't have to wear clothes. I could. It's not fair. I, it's, I could get away with streaking. It's not fair. I mean. Hey, you know, if we're talking about that, then, you know, I've got the evolutionary advantage to get a lower percent interest loan. Fuck you on that. Fuck you on that. That's fair. Dude. Yeah. I got a, I got a legit question. Will you edit out like the the dead pauses when we're uh, just kind of fumbling of stuff to say? It depends on how long the dead air actually is, um, because the time carries over anyway. And I don't want, I don't want to cut below like forty five minutes. But if I start cutting out dead air, then I'm gonna be I'm too picky with editing. So I will cut right. out every single in, influence of dead air. And I, if that brings us below forty five minutes, like I'm not gonna mm. I'm, I'm just gonna leave them all in. That's fair. Um, well, we haven't we haven't had like, I'm watching the clock. We haven't had more like like five seconds. Oh, you can't wait for this to be over. It's, it's no, killing you that bad. I, I do <laughs> I do quite enjoy doing this. I mean, if I didn't if I didn't want to do this at this point, like when Malachi said that he wasn't going to be, yeah. be able to do it today, I would have just taken it as like, oh sweet, a day off. Yeah. But you try to do one every day. I don't do one every. We do one every week. Okay. Like, I wanted I want to get us in the habit of doing one every week. Um. One, these aren't going live until like probably the end of November. Yeah. Because I want to have a backlog of like four weeks worth of episodes that we're in the habit of recording something every week. Um, because Malachi is not good at making time for anything. <laughs> he really, he really, like I don't. I, I guess I'm gonna have to meet Malachi at some point. I've never met him. I mean, if if this is if this episode and the we I, I usually do two. Like I make it like 45 minutes to an hour for two episodes, but like I do a regular episode and then I do a premium episode. We set up like a Patreon or whatever. We have a group of people so that we can get paid for doing this. Maybe it makes it easier to find time if we don't have to work as much. But if this is well received, you'll probably be a recurring guest. You or Ryan or Evan, who yeah. can always find time. I, I, you know, not to not to sound picky or whatever, but like I did, I called Ryan and Evan at the same time, and they're both like busy today. And I'm like, <laughs> oh shit, James lives here now. I might as well just. I do live him. here. I, I've always been the the secondary choice. And uh, I prefer that because the expectations are always set so low yeah. that I usually knock them out of the park. Absolutely. This is my first podcast ever, so no, you're making you're making very good uh, you're making for very good content here. Slightly <laughs> racial jokes, slightly homophobic, you know, all the real cringy stuff. That second uh, recording session will lean into that a hundred percent. Awesome. This is this is not this is the regular this is the warm up episode. We'll I'd like my future employers to listen to this and not hire me because of it. <laughs> You've gone pretty safe. I mean, compa- I'll, if you want, I'll send you like the last week's episode. It's not uh, it's not uploaded anywhere. It's just an MP3 file, but it's only like forty five minutes. 
You see the type of type of humor we do. It's not. This is kind of dry, honestly. Yeah. In terms, which we, is we've not, gone pretty uh, gone pretty serious topics here. So. No, I don't. I, I don't think that's bad at all. I mean, this is the point. This is. Yeah, we're about thirty-five minutes. Here. This is the point where I would normally reserve a um, an advertising spot if planning ahead. <laughs> like, I, w- I wanted to do this for like six months. Yeah. And I've list- I've been listening to podcasts for like two years. Right. So this is. I, I'm I'm diving right in the deep end by even doing this in yeah. the first place. Most um, of the podcasts I listen to are like relatively, you know, structured. Whoever's been doing them, you know, is doing it has been doing them for a long time, and they're all kind of like military you know survival preparedness kind of stuff yeah um and just military guys who have a podcast that just talk to random people you know it's usually like an interview kind of thing yeah um so i had no idea what to expect with this until you told me it was just pretty much bullshitting podcast well bullshitting which is fun bullshitting yeah it's fun because i have there's like that's the majority of my podcast and i don't know if you like play video games at all Mm -hmm. but there's uh you know a video game you know, streamer slash YouTuber. His name's General Sam, mm-hmm. and he's got a podcast. And their podcast is just pretty much shooting the shit, very unstructured, and mostly talks about uh, pedophilia and masturbation. Yeah, yeah, always. So um, that's probably my second favorite podcast of everything that I listen to. Yeah, and uh, this is seems to be structured very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, like podcasts with like streamers or, or video game people are always good because they. You know, they always lead, like, the first leading question anytime they have a guest is like, oh, okay, so how often do you masturbate? Like, that's, you, you have to you have to start with, how often do you jack off? And then we can lean into that, but. Exactly. It's so, not, it's no fun so for me, it. it's at least six times a day. Yeah, hundred, hundred thousand, like, honestly, I'm, if you close your eyes, I'll start jacking off. Honestly, every, <laughs> every single time. Uh, how long can I go without blinking? <laughs> <laughs> So I uh, no structure. Structure isn't bad, but it's like when you set yourself to a certain regiment, it's like, oh come on, uh oh, uh oh, big bear's awake. We're uh, <laughs> in the middle of a podcast. We're doing something professional here, Connor. Big bear, Connor. No, I didn't awake. mean to. So it's our He's crawled uh, himself up the stairs. It's our roommate here. He looks like an animal mixed with uh, another kind of animal. He doesn't actually look humanoid at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I I really do enjoy it, and I didn't really know what to expect. Um, you guys have a name for it yet? I'm doing Mischief Castle. Mischief Castle. Mischief, Mischief Castle. It's a good idea to have cast in the in the name of your of your podcast. Why is that? It's oh, like, just um, for algorithm. We'll be like on something like Spotify, which blends all search results for like artists, songs, and podcasts and shows together. You put in the name of something. And then, like, if Mischief is a popular song it, or a popular artist, it'll show everything from that and then bury your name. But you put the word cast in it, and then it filters that out to podcasts. Mm. But everybody has the name or, or the word cast in their show. Or a lot of people do, I guess. But we do some playoff of, like, Fidel Castro's name, like in, Infidel or in, Infertile Castro or <laughs> Infertile Castration or I mean, something. I, yeah, I do have time to change it since these aren't up yet, but uh, – well, I, um, my I think it's a pretty decent name. My nickname for MMA is is Fox. Yeah. Of Fox McCloud from Star Fox. Oh. Cameron, uh, Cameron Fox McCloud. Yeah, but uh, he was always kind of the asshole, and then uh, in Star Fox. Yeah, yeah. 
Or no, I'm thinking of Falco. Never mind. Like no, Fox. Fuck out of there. <laughs> no, that's Falco. Falco is the you know the little edgy cunt. Um, you can't touch me. Yeah. I'm too fucking quick. But no, Fox. I is, you Fox is the I leader. I forgot the whole damn game's named after him. Yeah, of course. But I'm not doing. St- I'm not. I'm just going Fox, not Star yeah. Fox, because I w- I don't want to get sued the second right. I step out into a cage for the first time. But it's like. Foxes are sly, foxes are mischievous, so it's like mischief cast, castle. Um, and that makes it easy for me to like design um, like a logo yeah. for it, because any, any animal that has a tail, you can always turn the tail into a C. Or a dick. Or a dick. Yeah. Yeah, you can just like horse castle, you can just right. that flop right around. Exactly. It's, it's, somebody, somebody get on that, please. So, Not so, me, I won't do it. But. So you've got, you've got plans for fighting MMA? Uh, it's I like I, like pro fight or amateur, you know, like actual competition MMA as opposed to just training it. Ideally, I'd already be fighting like right now. Like I was, so why is I, it not ideal? It's not ideal because when you make plans to uh, fight professionally or be a professional athlete of any kind, you start to gather a team around you who do different things for you, and then when you are not in uh, an organization or don't have a, an actual sexual structure around you for that team, everybody starts to have opinions that are very different from each other. So when I, I gained interest in this. So my dad is a, my dad's a jiu-jitsu black belt. Right. He has a re- high school wrestling background. Right. Karate brown belt, judo brown belt. So I've been around fighting all my life because he has a school. Right. So I, you know, I used to go there after school before soccer practice and bullshit soccer took so much out of me that i didn't want to do anything athletic until i was like 17 and then i was committed to a college went to college played two games that shit sucked martial arts club was there i started doing that i was like the only other credentialed person in the martial arts club so i became the vice president they put on like a fight night at the end like a like a unlicensed unlicensed technically legal sanctioned fight night at the end of the semester I had a fight, and I won, um, and I'm like, holy shit, why haven't I been doing this my entire life? So I come back from school, I'm doing jiu-jitsu full-time, like two training sessions a day, six days a week, all the time. Uh, I'm playing soccer like at a pickup league just to stay in shape and run around, and then I started doing boxing, and then I got hurt. Like I, I uh, tore my tore my lateral meniscus, I think that's the one on the outside, this one right here. I tore that in about a year ago now, and I recovered all the way, and um, got back to boxing, got into kickboxing, and just recently started wrestling, which I picked up on really quick because I already had a background in jiu-jitsu. Um, but I have my dad, mm-hmm. who is my jiu-jitsu coach. Um, I don't really want him being my head coach because he's my dad. Right. Like any Anybody who is an athlete who has a parent as a coach will tell you that like having – a parent or a family member as a coach really just hampers your relationship with them. And I want my dad to be my dad more than I want him to be my like head person going into something very serious. That's pretty smart. And he never really, you know, was able to steer you well for your balance joust competitions because he always no, would lose. No. So I think it's definitely best to not him have him as your, uh, your no, head I, coach there. I, yeah, no, I got worked on the beam every time, but that's because they never taught me wrestling. I started wrestling and now I can stay on my fucking feet. Right. Um, yeah. Your balls drop, your voice dropped a couple octaves too. So that yeah, helped yeah. you out a little bit. Not as many octaves as I would have hoped. I listen back to these and I fucking hate how high my voice is every single time. 
I don't even notice because my own fucking voice. When I hear it in my ears, it's not so bad. But I listen back and say, like, holy shit, why do I sound like that? I think everybody hates how they sound, generally speaking, too. So I'm actually not. If you ever have me on another one after this, you probably won't. Um, I probably will never listen to myself speak on here because <laughs> I just hate the way I sound recorded. I, I, You know, if I had a deeper voice, I probably wouldn't care so much. Because I could at least get over it. It's like, oh, well, I at least have a deep voice coming from me, but I don't. I still. I, Yo, it's Cameron yeah, here. It's Cameron. Anybody who doesn't know what I look like, you probably picture me as being like 14. Guys, ladies especially, he's a, he's a six foot two black man, all right? And he's probably like 185, maybe. So 72. just feast your eyes there. Thanks. 185, he's built. <laughs> brolic. Ninigas Brolic. You know, brolic's not a word. I don't know if you say. Is that brolic. actually not a word? No, it's something that New York people just. It's definitely. Say. It's a new. It's, it's definitely got to be a word. Northeast I can't thing. believe that. No, it's just something. I said that brolic say. my entire life. Everybody, I'm not going to stop either. No. Yeah, I mean, you find out most like areas. This is places. slang, maybe. Slang, yeah. You don't stop saying it because you find out it's not a real word. But. but even slang, I feel like they've made slang words real words before. So, you know, I mean, kind of if I ever run for president, that's going to be what I'm going to run on. I mean, the N-word you know, isn't a real word, but it's kind of <laughs> recognized. I don't think you're going to find the N-word in uh, Webster's Dictionary there. I, you might. That's actually a good it point. It has historical context now. Who even owns a dictionary anymore? So we can't even look it up. And I'm not really going to, I'm not really a fan of typing the N-word into my you know, <laughs> N-word um, Webster's Dictionary. You know what? Fuck, I'm doing it. Well, yeah, Miriam Webster. You got Oxford. They're all probably super pretentious. They probably all come from a lineage of uh, slave owners. So yeah, you know, uh, it's it's Britain. They're probably. So probably do you want me to do with the the hard er or the soft a? I want you to do with the hard er okay. because I, because the a is a um, <laughs> cultural. I'm typing in N-word dictionary. I'm feeling it's going to come up with like an urban dictionary definition, and it's going to be like um, all inner city slang found here. Throw throw the word like official in there or like Oxford or English, (laughs) Merriam-Webster. I don't know. From Oxford languages, which I don't know if it's the actual dictionary. I would hope it is. N-word with the hard (laughs) E-R. Um, a contemptuous term for a black or dark-skinned person. So it is a real word because it has historical. Well, that yeah, that's I just I don't think you'll find the soft a. Um, you probably not because it's it's not there. it's not a real word. It's black people calling each other that and not pronouncing it right because you you have a, a different accent once you break away and create your own community. That, that's like that's Baltimore. fair because that's like you know it's I'm, the Baltimore version of the hard R. Right. Word. And it, it's the same. It's the same word. It's not a different earn, word, earn, actually. Earn. Now that I think about it, it's not a different word. It's no. just the way it's said. Absolutely. So, you know, and and that's a perfect definition. It's contemptuous use. Contemptuous. So I think if you ever hear a racist white person calling calling someone the N word or using it, it's almost always with the hard er. Yeah. Unless of course, um, said white lady has cornrows and uh, a grill, then you know she probably uses the soft a. You know, it's it's kind of weird. Like maybe it's just my exposure to that side of the, the for the community for the culture. Mm-hmm. My my exposure to that um, being having one foot dipped in the pool on that already. Right. But people sort of freak out more when people say or when white people at least say it with the soft A, as opposed to the hard R. Like you, 
white people say the n-word with the hard r and then it's like okay yeah they're racist get over it but people will say it with a soft a he's like you overstepping your bounds son get your ass back there little white boy little porcelain head ass skin tone chicken bone leave me alone <laughs> throwing it back to vine there or whatever the fuck that's from super knuckle knuckle bunuffle Bull buckle banana truffle head <laughs> I feel like what is that from? That's from It's a vine. Yeah, it's a vine. It's the That's black kid in the science room. He like mm. skin tone chicken bone and then he leaves the he leaves the circle and it comes and he's, he's literally like spinning in a circle on his way back <laughs> in. He goes he points down at the floor. Super buckle banana bull buckle banana truffle head ass and then he spins away. And you know the co- the collective African American response is always <laughs> Hits the Joe Rogan in, in DC, just explode out of their their seat or their stance and grab each other. Oh. Oh. I feel like that's that's definitely turned into a pop culture thing in general too, where that's just like ah, you just fucking grab each other and start slapping each other. Mm-hmm. I I think that should be more like prolific in in culture. I want to see like football or basketball games where the commentators just freak out every time something cool happens. Instead, I want to see like, them punching each other James, in the face once again. <laughs> They just, when something crazy happens, they just stand up and start having their own little fight or a something full, like that. A full brawl yeah. anytime something good happens. Circling back to MMA, what's it what's it take to actually get like a an amateur belt? Like, could I just like find like the next upcoming amateur fight thing and just like put myself in there, even you, if I don't have a team? You totally could. So, um, as having filled out one of the interest forms already. So before I answer that, I gotta say the reason that I'm not fighting is because I have my dad, who's my main coach. Oh yeah, we totally cl- his, didn't finish this topic. His friend and longtime training partner Jimmy, who has MMA experience and is technically my coach, but doesn't have his name on any of my forms. I got my wrestling coach, who is the the most recent person to step into the octagon. I have my kickboxing coach, who's my main striking influence, and then. I have me, who is my own person with my own body, who's going to be stepping in there. Do you need a coach to be able to fight? No, you don't. Okay. But, but I do trust all of the people who are giving me advice and influence and teaching me, and they all have different ideas about when I'm going to be ready to, to step in there. I think I'm going to do it. I'm just going to get drunk and then just have one of you guys or one of my cousins as my coach and just I sit in totally my corner. You, well, no, no, I don't. I'm just going to get drunk and walk in there, and I'm just, you're just going to sit there and yell obscenities um, at me while I'm fighting. So, yeah, yeah, I should be fight. I should have been fighting in January. Like I should have a contract ready for January. But everybody, my dad's like, no, you're not going to be ready for like another year. So, I got to get all my coaches to sit together. Why do you say that? Weight cut or no? I. It's he, his only exposure to my fighting ability is jujitsu, and he doesn't think I'm going to be ready to step for an amateur bout, for my first official amateur bout, by the way, until I'm at like mid purple belt level. I'm at just got purple belt level. He won't give me my purple belt because he's my dad, um, but he he wants me like another six months of just doing jujitsu ready because I'm. I'm too reckless. Like, I, I don't have – I have control of my body, obviously. Right. Like, I don't – in moments, I don't realize how, like, long I am when completely stretched out so my head will be too far. Instead of pressing on the person's shoulder, it will be over on the floor. Just just weird stuff, like little tweaks that I honestly could get rid of if he, like, just focused on those. But he has to run a class that I'm at. Right. So it doesn't really work. But This is going to suck for people who don't give a shit about MMA if they were listening to this it's uh, a, podcast it's a here. It's a variety. Yeah, like, but uh, 
they uh if you're bored fuck you my uh <laughs> my uh old jiu-jitsu coach always had um told me to like study keenan cornelius yeah um because he's as for like you know he's like kind of a smaller guy but mm-hmm. he's super lanky like i am and like you yeah. are um and he always told me to to study him um so if you ever do any like just study time for jujitsu, which you know if you go to fucking class once a day jujitsu is <laughs> Maybe, maybe you don't unless you're an addict. Um, like take time and study on the outside. But mm-hmm. Keenan Cornelius is always a phenomenal example of what to do if you got long ass limbs in jujitsu. Yeah. Weight disbursement is always the hardest for people with body types like us. But to answer your question, all it really takes to step in there is to fill out uh, an interest form for whatever promotion you're going to be stepping in for. So for me, it was it was Cage Wars. Like Cage Wars is the one at uh, Riverside Casino. Down in Schenectady. Okay. It's super close. It's like amateur and pro. So, like, once you have like five fights, they're like, oh, you want to go pro? You can actually make some money from this. We'll step you in for like a title fight right away. They do that with literally everybody. But hmm. I, I uh, and Evan knows about this. I told him this. I like, I, when I was cleared from physical therapy because I already had fighting experience, I made like a, uh, uh, like, uh, symbolic step forward in that sort of journey by filling out the interest form for them. Right. And now I'm technically a cage wars fighter, even though I haven't had a fight yet. Right. All you have to do is sign on the dotted line when they give you um, the contract to do so. And the contract is just, you know, their legal thing regarding that, you know, you're going to be in here doing this risk to your body at this time. Right. For this context. Um, But I fill out the form. It's just name, last name, phone number email uh your level of experience and your team and if you fill out that you have a team or you have like management or whatever they just ask for their name and phone number and email or whatever uh just in case they well they're going to get in contact with them when they get in contact with you but you don't have to fill that out like that's not one of the asterisk things that's that's completely optional and if you're going to step into an amateur about like you're gonna have exposure to people who are in that world anyway yeah so you're what normally happens is um if you're not like signed to a team or whatever they're gonna throw you in with somebody who is signed to a team and then you're expected to kind of be fodder for that person so that they can develop but that's only if you know the right people and you know me who is technically in this case the right people so i could get you against somebody else who has no team or full-time experience or plans to go super far and just wants to do it to say they had the experience i'd rather so, be the underdog and just get my ass whooped for entertainment i love being the underdog man especially if you go in there drunk like they're not gonna <laughs> as long as you can walk to the cage and then not fall down the second the bell rings i'm not talking like blackout like at least you don't get it so i'm feeling good or something <laughs> yeah it's not they don't really test for alcohol honestly um because everybody's like win or lose you're gonna go out to the after party anyway what do they what do they test for like uh peds and shit uh peds narcotics yeah um for obvious reasons right and then weed is up to certain places because if it's legalized there's some forms of it that are uh, acceptable for um physical therapy Mm. recovery and some like THC stuff, stuff that'll give you like a body high just to uh, like numb the pain of being in a fist fight, yeah. basically. Or training for a fist fight. Your body's going to get fucked up anyway. But there, 
it's like some whatever states find it um, to be valid or not, because it always comes down to whatever state you're fighting in. Their own athletic commission will send in certain people to test you, unless of course you work for like UFC or Bellator, where they have like uh, just the country of origins testing pool, which would be USADA. But like we we fight out in New York, so the New York State Athletic Commission would send in testers, and then we just have to know whatever their rules and regulations right. are concerning drugs and narcotics. But like alcohol, you know, fucking mouthwash has yeah. alcohol in it. So like as long as you aren't like as long as you don't have alcohol poisoning, yeah, you get like liver failure after taking like a hard body kick, they're not gonna be like, oh, you fucked up, dude. Get the fuck out of here. That's funny. Oh boy. And honestly, there's. That is not the first time I've heard someone who's being like, I want to just go in there, have a couple beers, slosh around, throw my fist around like it's a bar, but not get in trouble for being at a bar and having it, having a fight. So I, you could get paired up with someone with the exact same mentality who's down to just slug it out for entertainment's sake. I uh, <laughs> It's mostly a joke, but it's, uh, it's kind of enticing, to be honest. Um, I, I'm more looking cause I just, uh, Hey, you live here now. Like if you yeah. ever want to come train with me or whatever, yeah. you know, come to my boxing gym, sign up to just hit mitts. And then like a couple of weeks later, just get in the ring and slug one out with yeah. somebody who's down and willing. Like I'll always, I'll always be there. Hell yeah. To cause I just, you can do that. I've never, uh, I don't know. I just, I've never gone up against anybody like in an actual fight, um, where I, I felt like I'm the, uh, the less trained person you know everybody i've ever fought like real world and sparring well that's not true not sparring i've sparred with two very phenomenal people who uh fucked me up (laughs) but and like especially out in the real world um when it comes to you know like fighting i've I've always been like the more trained the better prepared person yeah because you know i trained jujitsu for a while um, and even when I stopped training jujitsu, um, I, you know, was still subscribed to it and I still would kind of drill certain stuff with people or on my own. Mm. Um, so I've always kind of been a subscriber there and I have never had any formal striking training, which is interesting. So I'd yeah. kind of like to see how, uh, how that would fare up against somebody who actually knows what the fuck they're doing. For, I mean, you're at, you seven against in, in an amateur fight, you're not going to get some like you know, local Muay Thai champion. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. You're not going to get somebody who's going to time your 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 level change shot in and blast you with a flying knee. Yeah. It takes you. It's not going to happen, especially around here. Like, yeah. there is no MMA around here. Like, you have to do what I do and coalesce all the different styles right. in, a circ- in a vicinity to where you live. Um, but there's no doubt people that are better than me literally – probably within a mile of me right now that would whoop my ass mm. but Here, here's the thing about will, will they go and fight at riverside you know yeah, probably exactly. not here's the thing about organized fighting is that the people who want to do it and are skilled and want to go far or want to put together a record just to say that they have are different from the people like well in, in this case like you who want to do it for fun or to say that they have or have some experience and think it would be just a good thing to get into just to take up their time or have some motivation to do something because the people who want to go super far and are serious about it already have taken that first step and are not going to come across you. Yeah. Like you may train with them. You may see them on the same card. You may, uh, hell, I mean three or four fights in your, you may run into one of them who's making their debut at that place, but it's like, 
Somebody who has precision and skill in one area of fighting is not often paired with somebody who is completely, like, illiterate in terms of yeah. like, their own body. So you you don't have to have fear on that front. Like, yeah. when, I, when I had my fight at, at my college, I had no striking experience either. Yeah. Um, I didn't. It wasn't like I didn't know how to throw a punch. I mean, not like I do now because I've been doing it for every day for a year. But I had a decent amount of jiu-jitsu experience. I legitimately had my blue belt by that point. Right. Which is enough to – it's like street ready. Right. Um, or street equipped, I guess. Yeah. For, for most people. And I won that fight by submission after getting punched probably 60 times square in the nose. Yeah. So – once you get over the fear of being in there and taking a hit, like the other person's skill set kind of goes out the window as long as you stick to yours. Yeah, I've never been KO'd before or even like like stunned either. So I'm like, I'm also kind of in a weird way. I'm craving for 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 that feeling. Like I've never felt it. I just want to like I want to know how good my chin is as a you know. Uh, as like a slang term in MMA yeah, for yeah. like how easily you can get knocked the fuck out. I've been stunned in training, um, and I've had my body shut down from body shot once each. And what I can say from experience is that it is more about your mindset. Um, because when I got hit with, with a body, I got hit like right at the side of the diaphragm, right on my liver side. So it like conked my liver a little bit, but also like I just couldn't breathe. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd faced any sort of trouble and any sort of fighting training at all. And I completely shut down. Yeah, I definitely hit somebody with one in the sternum, and it had the same effect there. But when I got, I took a head kick like a month ago. Oh, that'll do it to you. It like it, it spent, it spun my eyes in a complete circle around my head. Like there was a, a half second where I couldn't see anything, and then my eyes lined back up with where my head was, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit!" I didn't think that was gonna happen, but now I'm in it. Let's fucking go. But that was because I actually wanted to be there and wanted right. to fight. And I understood what pain was, and I understood what the risk was. So when you get hit by something like that, it doesn't really fuck you up as bad as you think it will before you've actually experienced it. Which, I mean, look, if you want to go in there as you are now, I'm not going to say anything oh, against it. Oh, fuck no, dude. <laughs> but after taking... 270 pounds of chewed bubble gum. Dude, people people love... like I'm. Don't take this the wrong way, but freak, people love freak show fights. Regulations call that heavyweight ends at 265, but people would love to see a 400-pound person <laughs> up against literally anybody. And, you know, if you're in super heavyweight, anything above 265, they're going to give that to you. Yeah. So if you want to come and the journey's on you. I think if I were to – so super heavyweight's above 265. Yeah. There, I, I mean, I've met probably – one other one dude uh training jujitsu that was probably over 300 pounds mm-hmm. and he was fucking actually really good but i feel like anybody fighting in like cage warriors there or whatever who fights over you know 265 is not going to go jujitsu and i'll have the edge there but no. who the fuck knows you know well i i can tell you that uh, around here i've seen i've seen one full local fight card yeah and there was one super heavyweight fight and what i saw was the guy who looked like he shouldn't be able to walk with his <laughs> legs was the Taekwondo black belt who was extravagant because he was a super heavyweight 350 pound guy who could lift his foot above his hip. 
Wow. And that's it. But that doesn't mean that you're going to get KO'd by that guy because he's attacking with a black belt. Believe me, he looked like a slug. Like right. He, he, he moved weird. He didn't kick correctly. He could just lift his foot above his hip, and that was the most that he had trained when he when he stretches out. Right, so and there's he, different there's different kinds of black belts, you know. Yeah. Like I'm not this whoever this dude is, you know his his black belt there, but there's like you this know this guy won by TKO because the other guy got scared that he could actually move as a big guy. Yeah. But as long as you know that going into it you're not going to write the other guy off as being unable to hit you. Right. And so And there's like sport, there's like sport taekwondo kind of stuff yeah, and there's yeah. like, you know, people who kind of just train it to get in that martial art lifestyle, yeah. but a lot of it not really some of it not being super applicable to a fight. Mm-hmm. Obviously they're being super well trained and super amazing fighters who do taekwondo. Mm-hmm. But there is, there are, you know, if you're gonna run into like a karate gym or a taekwondo gym that's in some podunk town in northern New York, <laughs> you know, most of those guys probably aren't gonna be that great, no. and they're kind of um, just practicing out of a booklet, and you know, their black belt there, who's their instructor, you know, probably, you know, isn't that great of a fighter actually. In, in terms of where, like, because my my dad's school is above a taekwondo studio, like they share, they rent the same space. Or they rent the same building, but they shared different spaces. I know a lot of those Taekwondo guys, and there's probably 26 people in the class. And as far as, like, actual skilled people who could step into a fight, even in Taekwondo standards, is there's maybe five of them, <laughs> including the instructor. So right. you just got to pick and choose. I'm right speaking people. majority here, obviously. There's plenty of fucking Taekwondo people in the same town I'm in right now. I'd probably whoop my ass. Yeah. We've hit an hour five, and I really need to pee, so we'll call the first episode there. Uh, subscribe to the Patreon at, I don't know, MischiefCastle, Patreon.com slash MischiefCastle or whatever to hear the second half of James and I doing the funnies. All right, bye-bye. <laughs>